0: Ice cool. Ice
1: cool. Ice cool. Ice cool. Ice cool. Ice cool. Ice cool. You're listening to the Ice Cool podcast, so called because Ice Cool sounds like Ice Cool. The iSchool Podcast is a production of students and faculty of the Information School and the Center for the History of Print and Digital Culture at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Opinions expressed in this episode do not necessarily reflect those of the Information School or of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Find us, subscribe, leave a review at all the places you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and so on. I'm your regular host at the top of each episode, Jonathan Senshin, professor in the UW-Madison iSchool. Today, I'm really happy to be launching season two of the iSchool podcast. Like season one, season two is embedded in a grad seminar and co-hosted by grad students. Season two is part of a course called Reading Interests of Adults, which studies everything from genre to collective reading habits to how books are reviewed and recommended. Each episode in this season will focus on a different genre, popular with adult audiences from romance to true crime and everything in between. Our student hosts will take a deep dive into the features of a popular genre, discuss titles, and help us understand the landscape for readers, writers, and publishers in these areas. This week, the romance novel, Light the Fireplace, pour some cheer into your glass, draw the curtains, pop in your earbuds. Here come a team of students to take you through the world of romance novels just in time for Valentine's Day 2020. And a little program note. I've told students that they don't have to use their real names over the air, so this group adopted podcast names. Enjoy, and I'll be back to introduce the next episode.
2: Hello, everyone. This is the Romance Podcast. I'm Eldon Ann Weirdflower, and these are my friends. I'm Mistress Essenflower.
0: I'm Ariane Jengarden.
3: And I'm Jude Lawless. And we're here to talk to you about
4: romance. What is romance as a genre? So, um, I found, uh, we're taking the definition from genre-flecting, um, The two things that define a romance are that the main focus of the story has to be on the romantic relationship between the two protagonists, or more protagonists, Mm -hmm. and the book has to have a happily optimistic ending. We can't end with everyone being sad.
0: Yeah, I've seen that broken into two different... Parts and, and the Happily Ever After is kind of the traditional ending. And Which then, is also
3: called the H-E-A. Yeah. And, like, yes. <laughs> like, <yes. laughs> and
0: then a lot of them now, I guess, are also moving to uh, happily, Happy For Now, or an H-F-N. Um, seems to be kind of maybe emerging as acceptable.
2: So Romeo and Juliet, not a romance mm-hmm. core this time. Not a romance no novel. <laughs> <Or like, like, laughs> yeah. yeah, like it
4: would be like a romance but like tragedy. <laughs> yeah, so it could
3: be like a love story but then mm-hmm. it has a sad ending it's not considered a romance. So it's like the H E A is crucial. Or what did he say? Or H F N. H. F. N. Which I was reading is more common in like young adult novels. Because it's not like, oh they're gonna get married at the end.
2: Yeah. (laughs) 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 We're sixteen and we're gonna get married and live forever.
0: (laughs) Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Only suspend disbelief so much.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Um, okay do we want to talk about kind of the
3: scope with Genres and subgenres. I also wanted to hear what you all think about the difference. If we're talking about the scope of romance, what is the difference between romance and like erotica
4: or erotic romance? <laughs> what are the? What
3: does that mean?
4: I guess I sort of see erotica as being sort of it's a, a subgenre, mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I guess it just depends on like how much story there is to sex like if it's mm-hmm. just erotica i'd pretty much expect it to be like 90% like explicit in mm-hmm. nature whereas like i think there's a lot of, there's a lot of romances um that they are do have explicit scenes that happen frequently but there is also there are also chapters that are just story mm-hmm. scattered so scattered in between so like in a romance
0: the sex advances the plot, but in an erotica, the plot advances
2: the sex kind of thing. Oh, that's good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And there's also romances that have no sex, like yeah. Pride and Prejudice. True. <laughs> <laughs> or Fades Black.
0: <laughs> don't detail it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Pride and Prejudice. So I was reading a little bit about the history of the genre, and I thought it was interesting. So, romances. Is- maybe we can talk more about this later, but I feel like as a genre, it's kind of like looked down upon for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to me that a book like Pride and Prejudice, which is, a, it is a romance, but it's like considered part of the like canon or like a classic of mm-hmm. like an English literature classic, which is interesting cause we wouldn't say that about a lot of other
0: romance. right? Yeah. yeah.
2: It's well for Pride and Prejudice specifically, it's not taught as a romance. It's taught as more satirical of the time period. <laughs> Because of how Jane Austen wrote about the like wrote the characters, so that's why it's again it's not because it's a good romance it's because it's a good satire, which is mm. schools love a good satire. <laughs> mm-hmm. Those allegories. Mm-hmm. Well, I interviewed my mother, Mama Weirdflower,
4: <laughs>
2: and I asked her what comes to mind when she thinks of romance in adult literature and she is a white passing 60 plus year old woman and so she's a huge romance fan right? she's a huge romance yeah. she's a huge fiction fan in general but she likes ro- she loves some good romance and um, she said that romance began to, began to become popular as a genre in the 1960s with bodice rippers that tended to have maidens falling in love with rough rescuers i.e. women didn't have their own desires now although there are still romances with the men taking the lead, most have strong female leads. Also, more people, also more used people with disabilities are less than model perfect bodies. Generally, still too many with blonde women and perfect hunks of men. I guess that's the fantasy inherent to a romance, though, that you can live the ideal, most exciting romance. Anyway.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think your mom points to. Um, an important, important thing to remember, which is that, um, the genre I think has changed and evolved a lot. Mm -hmm. I mean, which makes Mm -hmm. sense to fit like what people expect, I guess, from the romance or what Mm -hmm. their fantasies are. Um, because there is, there's still a lot of problems with diversity, Yeah, but there, there's, there's a little bit more than there used to be. And, um, yeah, a lot, I think a lot of romances tend to focus on the woman's desires mm-hmm. um, rather than just <clears throat> their, you know, male counterparts' mm-hmm. desires. Which is probably one reason why they're so popular um the genre. Because
3: yeah. mm-hmm. it's yeah. written by women for women which mm-hmm. is, like, different than a lot of other media. that's <laughs> written about school. women
2: for women by women. Yeah. So <laughs> I
3: read that romance leads all other adult genres in mm-hmm. terms of sales.
2: Mm-hmm. So I feel
3: like we're, I mean, I feel really ignorant about romance mm-hmm. in a lot of ways still. I'm still learning, but I think as, like, people going into glam, as Jonathan says, <laughs> so, like, libraries and museums, as we're going into the glam field, um, I feel like we're doing, like, a disservice to... The, our patrons if we're not like understanding this genre because mm-hmm. it has been really disparaged in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. like why is
2: that and do we want to quickly define to what glam is for our listeners who might not know it yeah what is the g library galleries galleries galleries, galleries there's libraries there's... archives museums mm-hmm. yeah i just wanted to define that because i know i'm the one that tends not to know words yeah. and just sits there and pretends to know the word <laughs> that's a good point that's a good point <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I read that romance readers are
3: um, 82% female and then like 18% male.
2: So it's yeah. a big chunk of the people reading for women. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that there's that big of a chunk of male readers for romance <laughs> yeah. because it's so women-dominated.
0: I think it's interesting that, like, that kind of mirrors the... Um, I guess I don't know about glam as a whole, but I know libraries have kind of that gender makeup um, and also a similar racial makeup of being mostly white. Um, And so it's kind of weird that libraries have neglected romance so much. I don't know if there's a connection there, Mm -hmm. but it just seems um, like that's mirrored in a lot of
4: different aspects of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it definitely... I would guess has to do with the gendered aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The reasons why it's like not held up as being like legitimate reading. If it's for women,
2: it's not respectable. It's not yeah, it's not <laughs>
4: literature. Whereas like other pulpy weird stuff, if it's for men, like that's fine. It's literature. It's mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. embarrassing to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's. I know one thing that's become sort of interesting is um, with eBooks that's really increased um, people self-publishing romances. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it does also help people who maybe are embarrassed to carry around a romance novel, because the covers can be very, like, um, it's really I would see as being a romance yeah. reader. <laughs> they're very uh, <laughs> the
2: bodice ripper. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, they're not
4: all like that, but. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so, but if you have an e-reader, you can just load up on all these, like, romances or cheap Mm. romances or whatever, Mm. and you just, you have them all there. So, that's kind of an interesting aspect that's um, come about with e-readers, rising in popularity. I've heard an interview that
3: talked about how romance... The way that people have to kind of advertise, so authors is ca- almost sort of underground compared to mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. mainstream literature. Even though it is this huge genre and makes so much money, yeah. they mm-hmm. can't actually, the authors can't actually like promote their books in the way that other parts of. Yeah, you don't don't see commercials
2: for romance books like you do James Patterson books. (laughs) No. Yeah, well, they actually
3: aren't reviewed in, like, the mainstream press. Even Mm -hmm. though they could sell, like, millions of copies, they won't ever be touched by the mainstream press in a review. So what I was reading, and maybe you all read more romance than you or I've read zero romance or even some classics or whatever, but... um, I read that they tend like romance readers tend to rely on like authors' social media, and that there's also some big kind of fan websites where people look up reviews and will recommend books to each other, so it's a mm-hmm. lot more word of mouth because mainstream reviews and mainstream press doesn't actually touch romance at all. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah, I find that to be true, so i I'm the romance reader <laughs> in here. Um, yeah, I think the way I find out about new books is mostly from like authors i already like um you might get recommendations they'll like recommend things that they like
1: or On their media. um
4: yeah they they'll like promote other authors writing um and then also there is some there are fans sites specifically for romance so a really big one is smart bitches com, but they do a lot of reviews um so that's also a place where they'll give it, like you, if you're like wondering what kind of tropes you're gonna find in it, mm-hmm. um, or you know, I guess how good is it, or are there, are there any things to watch out for, like any trigger warnings or anything, Excellent. you can kind of find out what to expect from the book. Because yeah. I think that's part of the appeal of the romance is that there is like it's formulaic in a way, so you kind of know what you're getting. You know, what you're getting your happily ever after. Um, so it's like really comforting and then the authors have play it, play with things within that, that mm. framing. Yeah. Um, but I think everyone definitely has some tropes that they avoid at all costs, mm. so it's really helpful to have the reviews to read.
0: Yeah, I think we should um, kind of look at some of the subgenres and tropes. Um, well, great transition comes there, comes there. <laughs> <laughs> <Mistress>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so... Um, Within the genre of romance, there's the subgenres, um, and some of those that are popular, like, uh, paranormal romance has been big in the last, like, 20 or so years. Mm-hmm. Um, historical romance is maybe what a lot of people think of the most. Which rare. are, like, Regency and Victorian. Yeah, so. Scotland. About, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really
2: old-time Scotland is a huge one for you nope. Know, reason that i can think of (laughs) yeah
4: Yeah, historical romance that's yeah that's a huge one that's a really old like Mm -hmm. genre that's it's persists Mm -hmm. and yeah that is a lot of those covers that you see with like women in like their dresses falling hanging off (laughs) (laughs) yeah they're really fun covers (laughs)
2: there's a there's one male model that's like on all of yeah. covers that he.
4: Yeah, I don't remember his. Is it Fabio? Yeah, Fabio.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves Fabio.
4: <laughs> yeah, and I know you you just you mentioned the Regency romance. Mm-hmm. that is that's uh, kind of a subset of historical and it also it's big enough. it could be like its own sub genre really. Just There's where so people it's are just very best. specific. It's eighteen eleven to eighteen twenty. It's, yeah, it's very specific. specific. Yeah. And Regency romances tend to be less sexy oh. in tone. They tend to be a little like sweeter, more on focused on like, you know, your longing glances oh, and okay. stuff, and it's mm-hmm. not like so explicit.
2: Like Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, like so Pride and Prejudice.
4: <laughs> exactly. Um Regency Romance has been, um, aren't being published as much anymore. Um, some of the big publishers cut their Regency lines Mm -hmm. in the mid-2000s. Um, I know Signet and Zebra specifically. So a lot of the stuff that's out there is a little bit older, Mm -hmm. but, um, there's, but it's still, um, I read that they're still like being re, they're like reissuing Mm -hmm.
1: a lot of that
0: because it is so popular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then contemporary is
4: another one that
0: um, I think you were saying you that's one of your favorite genres yeah. <laughs> or I mostly
4: read contemporary so mm-hmm. that's um, the difference between historical and contemporary is usually defined as historical has to be more than 50 years in the past whereas um, contemporary is you know, 50 years ago to the present basically mm-hmm. um, so yeah contemporary that's obviously it's very vague, so there's a lot of um, variation in there and one of the um, big things with contemporary romance is um, series romances or category romances. Um, So one way that can look is a lot of authors will have a series of books. How do you do a series for romance if they have Mm. a happily ever after? Basically, they choose, like, one group of friends or co-workers uh. or, like, a small town, and then they follow mm-hmm. different characters. Or sisters. Or sisters. Uh. This happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and then you follow um, the romances of different characters who you've met in uh. other books so that they're all connected, but, of course, then you can still get your happily ever after with the specific <laughs> That's couple. That's really so. interesting.
0: Like, working in a public library, I, like, see people come up books and wanting to recommend books, like... Knowing that we might not have the first in a series is kind of a barrier in recommending books, but knowing that the series doesn't necessarily need to be written in order, it's mm-hmm. just kind of this world is like I think it's really accessible for for readers.
4: Yeah, I think that's really good to know because yeah, it's different from a lot of series where um you can jump in pretty much anywhere and still then go back and enjoy the story of like, I don't know, whoever's already together. You know, mm-hmm. you'll really only hear about them in passing and as you read more books, you get, like, more invested in the, in the people, but mm-hmm. you can pretty much read them in whatever order you want and still have an enjoyable experience.
2: To yes. reference my interview with Mama Beardflower, <laughs> uh, I asked her what trends does she not like, what does she like, and she mentioned that there, there used to be a pretty much a, a big standard of a woman falling in love with a man that essentially raped her. Mm -hmm. And that's falling out of popularity, Mm -hmm. but it's still very much there. And then sometimes they just, like, he doesn't essentially rape her. He flat out rapes her. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's even, it's called rape in some of them. But Mm -hmm. it's just
4: like, I get over it. Let's fall in love. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely fallen out of favor. I'm not a fan of that, but I, don't know. <laughs> yeah. but I think like it's kind of interesting. One of the reasons for that is um it's it was like a way for the woman to have the sexual relationship without having to like want to have sex, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. So kind of preserving her innocence. <laughs> for yeah, the like she's audience. still like yeah, she's still uh, good and innocent, but they still you know, have sex and they get together. So Clearly. it's still, like, I think gross, especially to us. But, yeah.
3: well, I was reading that there's increasingly, like, Like, at least for me, as someone who doesn't read romance very much, I have all these preconceived notions. Mm -hmm. But then, with what I was reading, it's, like, there's increasingly consent on the page. Mm -hmm. Like, it's pretty, like, explicit, and that's kind of what readers are looking for now. Yeah, that's become pretty important, yeah,
4: Yeah. Yeah. which, yeah, I think is great. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer that in my books when they're clearly consenting. Yeah. Um, There's also a lot more, like, you're more likely to hear about, like, that they're using, like, um, protection when they're having sex oh, yeah, I mean. so they're not just like they'll like make mention of like the condoms or whatever mm-hmm. to really be like they're not just going at it and hoping. yeah I mean <laughs> <laughs> and it's like not that romance has to be completely realistic but I don't know I think for I think at least for some people I think that's kind of it's nice to hear and sort of like is normalizing and mm-hmm. yeah I don't know, I think some people, maybe you can, like, enjoy it more if you, like, know that everything's (laughs) good with them. (laughs) Yeah.
3: So I wrote down some of the popular tropes, which I thought I could just read off. So there's, like, the subgenres, which are more, like, the setting or time frame or, like, theme, I guess. But Mm -hmm. some of the popular tropes that I found were childhood sweethearts. That's self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Fake marriage. I love or that. Or a fake relationship. <laughs> yeah. Which is, like, when two people, um, maybe they have to, like, please their parents or whatever, so they mm-hmm. have this, start this fake relationship with someone as a cover-up, but then they actually fall in love. Mm-hmm. Um, marriage of convenience, which I think is, like, people getting married who maybe don't want to, but then they end up falling in love.
4: Yeah. For, yeah. like, either financial reason or, like, there's some that are, like, you get your, like... Your visa expired or something, no. <laughs> and you well, so you get married quick. It's like the, there's
2: a weird um, stipulation on your inheritance that you need to be right at a certain a point in your life to inherit. So they're like, okay, let me get quick, get married, and you're like, oh hey, I actually like them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay,
3: best friends, sibling. Mm-hmm. That's very specific. Um, enemies to lovers. Mm-hmm. Friends to lovers. Mm-hmm. Second chance again. Um, new in town, snowbound and stranded. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and stranded. <laughs> um, workplace romance, love abroad, which would be just like you fall in love when you're traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, home again, which
4: is different than new in town. Home again Yeah, that's like you're returning to your, your yeah. hometown. Yeah, and there's probably somebody there from your past that then you reconnect with. A childhood sweetheart, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> or an unrequited love from childhood. Mm-hmm. Wow.
3: Um, Okay, those are some of the ones I wrote down that I thought were particularly interesting, but there were a lot more.
4: Yeah,
2: (laughs) there are a lot. (laughs) There's one trope that I find to be very amusing, and that's the millionaire-billionaire trope. What is that? It's where the man, most of the time, is a millionaire and a billionaire, and the lady, like, it just has to start working for him for, like, no real good reason and starts kind of having to... For contrived reasons. (laughs) Yeah, and it's, like, also... I've read a story where she has to work with him because he loves her coffee and will only drink her coffee. So she has to move in with him so she can have his coffee <laughs> in, in the course. morning.
4: <laughs> Another way that can happen is if a lot, this is, um, I think pretty common where the woman becomes like, like a nanny or like tutor um, yeah. for mm-hmm. the like ward or child of the billionaire. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that's kind of, very, that's very Jane Eyre. Yeah. <laughs> Do
3: we
2: want to talk about the Big Award in Romance or awards? Yeah. The Rita, the Rita <laughs> award. presented by Romance Writers of America.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so there's not going to be one this year. There's been a lot
3: of controversy. Yeah. So Romance Writers of America
0: when did this controversy
2: happen? It was really recently, like maybe um, two months ago? I think ago. it started in December of last year, around December. Well, that's when they released their kind
0: of v- verdict of the writer who will talk about actions on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those had happened earlier in the year, um, mm. where Courtney Milan, an author, um, big advocate for um, diversity and progressive values in um, romance writing and romance and publishing. Um, Tweeted about a book that she was reading that um, had a lot of racist tropes and stereotypes. And just in tweeting about that on her own personal social media, the Romance Writers of America kind of... There was backlash. There was backlash. Um, They...
2: the author of the book that she was talking about and the author's like publisher or like agent or something both filed complaints against her Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the rwa did some very sketchy things to they so rwa had an ethics board Mm-hmm. but they created a new secret ethics board just
3: to, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
2: just to hear Milan's case without telling the original ethics committee that it was happening. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. yeah, so basically the start of this was August 27th, 2019. Okay. Um, so that's when Susan Tisdale, the um, author, um, filed an ethics complaint against Courtney Milan. So, yeah, so then the RWA president asked Milan to resign as chairperson of the Ethics Committee. And then, let's see, in, on September 11th of 2019, Catherine Lynn Davis also filed an ethics complaint against Milan. Um, yeah, and then following that, it's just... More and more information came out, basically, about, yeah, like, the secret ethics committee then. Yeah, so Milan was on,
3: was, like, the head of the ethics Yeah, she was the chair and They had to form the shadow committee to, like, work against her instead mm-hmm. of, like, confronting her publicly.
4: Yeah, and then, like, the leaders of RWA um, did put out, like, statements and things saying that this was the ethics committee decision, but there were authors on the committee who then came out and were like, we weren't part of this decision. Like they had a secret committee. Yeah, we didn't even hear of this until now. Yeah. Um, and I read the um the like official
3: complaints or whatever that were filed. Mm-hmm. They were so wild. They're really mm-hmm. long, and they're just like, oh my gosh, they're really bad. They're basically just the person writing like thirty pages about why they're not racist <laughs> <laughs> and like how much research they did. So I think the book in particular was written about China. Mm-hmm. And you know,
2: it was it had Chinese. Chinese, descended women. I don't know if oh, they're okay. Chinese Americans. I
3: based American. in
2: China? I just yeah. know that it had Chinese women in it, and it called them <clears throat> like demure and timid. Yeah, it was just well, played on like a lot of the Yellow
0: skin, I think, also. Yeah, it, it was, was bad. bad. And yeah. Milan,
2: mm-hmm. I read herself, is of Chinese descent, mm-hmm. so yes. that was would be something extra sensitive to her.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> just to throw that out. Well, there. Well, so
4: you'd think that <laughs> you know she could, you know, have a pretty good opinion about yeah. if it was racist or not. But, but, yeah, they were like, uh, yeah, I don't so, even know what to say. So <laughs> it was so what, pretty what's wild. happened with RWA now? They're not even doing the Rita Awards? They're not, is it
3: just completely? They're, they're,
2: they're not doing the Rita Awards this year because so many judges and entry, entries dropped out. Because no. board
0: members are resigning
2: and like half the protests, like, a, protest like yeah. half the board is yeah, not like, oh. lo- there anymore. They <laughs> they yeah, there's a, a whole president. wave of
4: authors um, canceling their memberships and stuff okay. be- mm-hmm. in protest, basically. And uh, they had the RWA is trying to
2: fix itself, maybe because they got an uh, outside law firm and like to evaluate them and have, like, an ethics professional to evaluate them, but (laughs) some people are like, it's not enough. These issues have been... A lot of authors of color in other marginalized communities are like, we have been marginalized by the RWA for years now, Mm -hmm. so these issues aren't new, and they aren't going to be fixed, so we might have to start a whole new... Mm -hmm. Uh, organization.
0: And there's just been a lot of, like, resistance to even accept the wrongdoing by the RWA, by the people who are still kind of trying to, like, hold on. Um, it took, I think, like, two petitions for Damon Suede, the president-elect, to finally resign. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you really hold on. <laughs> really trying there. But, um, yeah, so there's there hasn't really been an apology, I don't think, or at least not a a very good one. Damon Swade is
2: interesting. I read in the Fox article about this whole situation that he supposedly might have faked some credentials to be in order to be president of the RWA. (laughs) That he might have faked a book. Like, you have to have a certain amount of books under you to be president. And one of the books that he said just might not exist, boosting his numbers. <laughs> yeah, and he also implied to know the real identity of Chuck Tingle, that notorious romance author. Mm-hmm. Like just trying to power play a lot mm-hmm. into that position,
4: mm-hmm. and uh, that didn't work. <laughs> no. Yeah, as early as late as December, um, so December thirtieth, um, let's see, Alicia Ray, who is a romance author, um, she tweeted that, um. One thing that the RWA um, wrote about this was, our members have strong opinions, which we applaud, but when expressed inappropriately, and in some cases far worse, by our organizational leadership, past and present, these can result in personal and financial harm to members. So this mm-hmm. is basically the line they're taking, Is and that was uh, kind of what they were saying in, about the complaints, was basically like you saying that this book... Like, don't have racist, have racist content, mm-hmm. could cause financial harm to this author mm-hmm. who wrote that. Even
0: though it's <laughs> like a personal her social own, like, media that she's talking about. <laughs> exactly. About yeah. Even more so. being represented. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even if it was on an official. Mm-hmm.
2: Stance. You know, I read also that Tisdale, at least, is saying that the um, RWA pushed her into writing a complaint mm.
4: about uh, Milan. So. Well, Milan was very outspoken, I think, and was and she
2: definitely still and still yeah. is, of course. Mm-hmm. But
4: like specifically in RWA, was mm-hmm. pushing for yeah. change. So I wouldn't be surprised if they kind of were hoping for a reason to push her out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that's just, I guess, speculation. But <laughs> do we want to talk about related to this? like
3: mm-hmm. diversity i don't know. i feel like diversity yeah. is kind of does it's kind of like a meaningless <laughs> but do you want to talk it about is, like, authors of color talk about and, like it. <laughs> lgbt romances or like what is mm-hmm. we know that like most readers are white from what i read it's like 73 mm-hmm. percent are white and then we know that most of them are women but then there are the rest <laughs> who aren't yeah. just white women <laughs> and like also white women can read whatever they want but yeah, yeah i'm like i want yeah, to talk about for some sure. of the diversity and
0: yeah, one article that I read that um, was really interesting was uh, Fifty Shades of White, The Long Fight Against Racism in Romance Novels by Lois Beckett for The Guardian. Um, and she kind of goes through the kind of way that um, authors of color are treated in the romance genre and how their books, um, if they do feature um, characters of color, they're often kind of pushed into a subgenre. By race, so like African American romance, um, and those are separated in bookstores, and then mm-hmm. they're not pub- they're not promoted as much by publishers, and they're not. Yeah, I found it strange. S-
4: That's like listed as a subgenre. I yeah. think was it Harlequins? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, uh, somebody's website. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have it up anymore. But um, but yeah, like African American romance is like a subgenre, mm-hmm. which is very strange. Mm-hmm. I, I I guess because they're trying to like promote it, like this exists, but. It, also, it is also like there isn't like a category for like white. Romance. I mean, it's just yeah. kind of a weird it, thing to do. It stems
2: off the um, our very white-dominated society mm-hmm. and how white as seen as the standard. So mm-hmm. anything that is not so it's white like a variation, isn't yeah, <laughs> deviance off of that.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, that's like there's also separate category like of it's LGBTQ romance, which mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. is like
2: which some people in romance don't even think should be considered romance, according to no, uh, Nora Roberts spoke out that someone high up talked well, to her that it should only be considered between a man and a woman. So well, it
0: was uh, in 2005. <laughs> I feel like that's part of why I haven't read much romance. Like, I it's just, totally
3: you
4: know, fair. I, yeah, I would be so down to read some
0: good lesbian romance. So some exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does exist. Uh, <laughs> in 2005, just I think not. some leadership... From the RWA, tried to pass a resolution saying, "like we will only consider it romance if it's between a man and a woman." Wow! So that I don't was really RWA. Like the RWA. So, yeah. Like, these issues
4: aren't new. They're not like. I feel like more you learn about it, it's like it's just more beautiful. and more gross. Like I don't even want to <laughs> yeah.
0: look at the Rito word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and it yeah. was. I think I may be getting this number wrong, but I think in the article that is referenced, they were saying that. Oh, I don't have the right statistic. I'm not even going to try to get that uh, right. But very few um, women of color have won Rita Awards. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, so abysmally small of a number. Um, Just kind of telling, also.
3: But I was reading that there's been this huge kind of boom in romance written by, like, kind of own voices, like, Mm -hmm. by Mm -hmm. authors of color that also has features. The main characters are characters of color and same with like LGBT, mm-hmm. or I guess you should say and or, cause it could be like queer people of color yes. writing too. Um, but yeah, I read that there's this big boom in the last several years in particular.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know one, there's a couple like authors who've really, I think, gotten a lot of attention and rightly so, cause their books are very good. Um, but um, Jasmine Guillory, mm-hmm. um, all her protagonists are um, women, are black women. And Helen Huang, um, perpetate. Particular... Oh, is that the kiss Quotient? Yeah, the kiss quotient. Okay. quotient. That was also very good. But um, oh you that, read it? Yeah, I, I yeah. love that book. <laughs> it's very steamy, but it's, wow. it's, and it's and it's very good. But um, but yeah, she um has Asperger's, and she also wrote the main character of that book. Also does, and um, it's also on voices in that. Shoot, now I can't remember. It's also. Vietnamese. Vietnamese Americans. I, I believe so. But yeah, so she's also become a big voice and Alyssa Cole um, writes a lot of um, historical romances featuring black women as the protagonists. Um, yeah, historical romances a lot also tend to be very white because...
2: Yeah, especially. <laughs> like anything What history are they looking at? Yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of hi- just history in general, it's like there was never a black person ever in Europe before the turn of the century. <laughs> think so, they on... <laughs> stop. I read about
3: a popular, I guess it was from 2017, by Kat Sebastian, which is takes the Regency trope, but it's between mm-hmm. two men. Mm-hmm. It's called mm-hmm. The Lawrence Brown Affair. So it's like um, kind of gay Regency romance.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I read, there's a series um, uh, that features... Um, uh, gay romance is the leads they're both men and I think the the one thing with that one is that it's I don't think it's own voices um uh they're pretty good though <laughs> I don't <Damon> know and <laughs> is a gay male
0: yeah I think he's author. one of the only like own voices male male romance writers yeah I think that is, is
4: pretty there's not a lot of the own voices with that which mm-hmm. is a problem I think it's a lot of women writing male male romance which mm-hmm. I read about The Marriage (laughs) Clock, which
3: is a Muslim romance, and that that's kind of like a new part of the genre that is becoming popular. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that's also an Own Voices book. I don't know who the author is in right
2: now. Amish romance is very popular.
4: Amish (laughs) and
3: Christian romance in general is popular.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I guess we didn't mention that. Another really huge (laughs) subgenre of romance is inspirational romance, which is... um, is, does the faith or religion. So, means Christian? Well, it means what that faith sure or religion, religion is really important to the characters in the plot, or to the story. It is usually Christian, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it has to be, but I don't know if I've ever heard of one that wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> so. Probably just because of what's being published
0: and what publishers will promote so much. It's probably usually the big sellers of Amish Christian yeah. kind of okay. stuff. I feel like
3: people often use the term faith as, like, shorthand. Christian I it's pretty
2: much shorthand for well, Christian like, I think yeah. it also goes back to Christian being the standard in mm-hmm. like our
4: society and that's again
2: problematic
4: <laughs> yeah I think the biggest the main things you'll see a lot of which are very popular so if you are going into libraries mm-hmm. it's definitely good to be aware of mm-hmm. is um, lots of Amish romance mm-hmm. um, it's very popular and also I guess just Christian romance in general um, those, those tend to be, um, <clears throat> as you'd imagine, I guess, not very steamy, mostly mm-hmm. kind of like sweet, sweeter, I guess is what they call it. It's not so sexy. Chaste. Yeah. very chaste. Yeah. Like you watch your Hallmark movie, and they have a very dry kiss at the end, and that's, <laughs> that's
3: it. <for> <laughs> so. I read that romance, there's sort of this trend of the mainstreaming of romance. So mm-hmm. romance is usually published in... Mass like Market paperbacks. Mass mm-hmm. Market paperbacks. But now there's, some of the novels are starting to be published kind of as like regular trade
4: as mm-hmm. trade paperbacks with mm-hmm. regular
3: covers and they like they don't have the like sexy image on the cover, they just look like a regular, like popular book you find in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like trying to reach millennials and like creating this wider
2: audience. You know what? Refer- referring back to that interview with my mama. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh uh, her one of her favorite series her favorite series is the Outlander series by Dana. Gal Baldun. which is also a TV show right Yeah, yeah, yeah it is <laughs> a TV show it's okay. Scottish one of them <laughs> uh, but but it's
4: also fantasy it's time travel Yeah
2: it's a fantasy time travel yeah. but <laughs> it was a, um, I think it was originally like shown as mostly a romance but as it mm-hmm. gained popularity it's shifted to like being promoted as general fiction mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. even though it has fantasy elements to it and as well as romance so i think that ties in a lot to the promotability of romance there's like stigma around a book being
3: yeah yeah yeah
4: because like, yeah, it's always been both a romance and a time travel fantasy Yeah, but yeah but now i feel like it's a little bit more acceptable it's become quote, yeah unquote. a lot more mainstream i think Probably with the TV show happening, that helped a lot because it just brought it into a lot of people. You know what else
2: is a romance that became super mainstream? What
4: Fifty Shades of
2: Grey? Yes, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Then it also has the problematic tropes of he essentially rapes her. (laughs) Yeah, that's an interesting one. (laughs) I saw people like that became popular when I was in high school Mm -hmm. to age myself. And I would see, like, high school girls walking around with copies of T-Shades of Grey. And I'm like, you're mm-hmm. walking around with that. Okay.
4: <laughs> that one is also interesting um, since it started out as a fan fiction, a Twilight fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another kind of... It's not 100% related because not all fan fiction is romance. and mm-hmm. But right. fan fiction is another, like, facet of it where people... Right, a lot of mostly it's romance based Mm -hmm. things with you know your um with your favorite characters,
1: Mm
4: -hmm. um, but yeah, that was that was kind of a fun, funny crossover where you know there's the fan fiction world of fan fiction readers, and it's um, there's
0: erotica, and
4: and then yeah, and erotica and stuff, and then it they're starting to like publish fan fiction books, not just starting now, but. Um, as, like, romance fiction. Um, that's also recently happened. It didn't get as big as Fifty Shades of Grey, but um, <laughs> After by Anna Todd. That's a Harry hmm. Styles fan fiction from Wattpad. <laughs> oh, okay. oh, my God. I didn't <laughs> realize that. I've seen that <laughs> before. But there's a whole bunch of books in this series. Mm-hmm. and um, But, yeah, they're all published as, like, trade paperbacks. And they paperbacks. Change it
3: so it's not about the original characters. On well,
4: edition. it's exactly like what it is, a walk pad basically style. but yeah in fanfic in this fan fiction she did even in the fan fiction the names. okay so instead of harry styles it's it's harden uh, it's so <laughs> very <laughs> romantic. <laughs> yeah um, and there's a movie of it and everything too like 50 shades i just think mm-hmm. it is popular but mm-hmm. but yeah i'm not sure what there's to say about that other than it's well, kind of, like, it's, like, we're having a little blending of the worlds. I think it's kind
2: of
4: cool. <laughs> I, I don't know I think it that.
0: kind of shows how, like, um, accessible romance is for writers as yeah. well. Because mm-hmm. um, in th- this article from The Guardian that I went to, I think um, the author was saying that, like, some of the most uh, people who are getting into writing romance now are, like, women in their, like, 40s and 50s, um, either self-publishing or not but. Uh, like self-taught writers um, later in life kind of Mm -hmm. being able to to get popular and make a lot of money or sell Mm -hmm, a lot of books or just be able to share their work and Um, I think there's
4: a number of authors who that was their entry point right now they've written more like what people consider legitimate fiction Mm -hmm. I guess but they like started out as romance writers Mm -hmm.
2: yeah I think in this day and age where self-publishing is so huge that has really opened up who can write romance and what romance can be about, and I'm very happy with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes we get Harry Styles fan fiction, but sometimes <laughs> we get queer POC yeah. literature, mm-hmm. and, like, that's really cool.
4: Yeah, I think just like any genre, there's just a huge range of quality. Mm-hmm. Um, some yeah, of it's going to exactly. be really terrible, and some of it can be really great. Do and... we want to talk, so we're just doing a time check. Yes. We're like
3: 42 <laughs> minutes, do... I guess a couple things I want to talk about, I would love to hear just some books that we can recommend for anyone who's, like, interested in Mm -hmm. reading romance or survey the field. I also want to hear more about the mom interview, if there's (laughs) anything you want to share.
0: There was, um, for that webinar, there were the, like, starter pack that they had. Mm -hmm. Maybe that would be a good um, thing for us to share.
4: Yeah, and I I have a lot of stuff with links. I don't know if there's show notes or anything with this, but I could maybe... I, I, not surprisingly, I follow um, some podcasts and people who, they do talk about romance. Yeah. Cool. and Not exclusively, but they have already done a lot of work of compiling a lot of links together. so My mom listed some of her favorite authors, yeah too. Yeah, that'd be, in, I want to hear those, too. Let's, let's hear it.
2: <laughs> okay, so Mama flower listed off some of her favorite authors. Romance authors that I'm going to share with you so you, too, can read like Mama Weird Flower. <laughs> That's all I want. J.D. Robb, Jasmine morn Cherry Adar, Adair? Adair? Adair. Yeah, see, the thing is, I can't pronounce anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not positive about that one. <laughs> Kelly Armstrong, Mary Baldo... Bal, Baldo... B-A-L-O-G-H... Below? 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 <laughs> Patricia Briggs. I pre- She said she pre ordered her next book. She likes her that much. <laughs> Suzanne Brockman. Meljen Brooke. Cre- Cressley Cole. Ma- Mary Janice Davidson. Janet Evan- Ev- Ivanovich. Ivanovich. Oh, goodness. Lori Foster. Christina Feeman. Feeman. Janine Frost. Laurel K. Hamilton. This list includes subgenres of historical romance, paranormal romance, contemporary romance, fantasy, action, and mystery. (laughs) And that
3: was one thing I heard when you were doing, like, reader's advisory for romance readers, Mm -hmm. is that they're more likely to just know the authors than even, like, the name of the last book they read by that person or the series, because it is so heavily marketed by, like, the author's Mm -hmm. name. Mm -hmm. And the authors usually write
0: so much that... It's yeah, yeah. And sometimes sometimes the reading authors, the same
4: one, knowing a couple authors you love, can take you pretty far. With especially yeah. if they have a long back catalog. Well, and sometimes yeah. the authors are not an actual person. Or like a That's single person true. Or <laughs> in the
0: case of Chuck Tingle,
4: or like one of my favorite authors is Meg Cabot, and mm-hmm. she writes. If anyone's familiar with her, she her most probably famous thing is the Princess Diaries books. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I so love nice those books. So. I'm so glad to hear you say that. <laughs> but so she does a, a wide range of different, you know, types of books. It's not all romance. But she actually wrote when she was starting out. She wrote a bunch of a couple like historical romances under the name mm-hmm. Patricia Cabot, because she didn't want her grandma to read romance novels. <laughs> <laughs> is what she says, which is pretty hilarious. They're starting – I think sometimes they release those just with her name now and, like, Patricia Cabot and, like, me. so you know, but it's no longer a secret. Mm -hmm. But, um – Yeah, so let's hear more recommendations from – if either of you have
3: ones that you want to share. Do you want to
4: start with the starter pack? Yeah, I think
0: we've already mentioned a couple of these, but this is a starter pack from Novelist, um – the Kiss Quotient, we mentioned, by Helen Huang.
4: Also highly um, recommend that one. <laughs> yeah,
0: so that's an own voices, ability to verse heroine. Um, that one is explicitly erotic, and has the fake relationship tro- trope. Um, another recommendation is Slave to Sensation by Nalini Singh. Um, it's a paranormal, steamy, action-packed romance. Mm. Um and then there's The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. Uh, it's kind of a romantic comedy, enemies to lover trope set in Australia. Um, and it's got a little witty banter for that. Um, and then Indigo by Beverly Jenkins. I think this was her first um, book. It's from 1996. So yeah. this is the only
3: one that's a little bit older. But-
0: yeah, but Beverly Jenkins is a really popular um, author. She's got this book has a culturally diverse cast, and she usually writes exclusively um, African American women, but I'm not mm. sure. Um, it's got rich detail, well crafted dialogue. Um, this one's about uh, the Underground Railroad as a setting. kind of. Um, and then the other one that I think Judy mentioned The Lawrence Brown Affair by Cat oh, Sebastian. Gay yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, it's a. Love in disguise trope. Yeah. Do you have recommendations
4: for like further reading or listening? Oh, do I? I'll I'll try to keep it. I'll try to keep it to not my entire huge list. (laughs) (laughs) Um. Let's see. One of my one of my other favorite authors other than Make Habit is um, Christina Lauren. So that's actually a writing duo. It's two friends who write together. So it's a yeah. It's a combo of their two names. Um. Let's see. The most, one of the most recent ones from them, they have a new one coming out this in 2020, maybe in March. But the last one they wrote was The Unhoneymooners. Mm. So that's one that's um, an enemies to lovers. And it's also like on the road, they go on a vacation together. Basically, their siblings got married. And there is an event at the wedding that caused them not to be able to do their honeymoon. And so these two take the tickets because, I don't know, they just like... (laughs) They're so nice. (laughs) Yeah, well, her sister's like, you have to take them. I won them in a contest. So that's, I really enjoyed that one. And my favorite Half Night Stand, also by Christina Lauren. That's a Friends to Lovers one. Um, There's also some Mistaken Identity Over the Internet Uh, involved in that one. Catfish? (laughs) So these are being catfished by your friend and then you guys fall in love. Wow. (laughs) MTV is shook. And then I did mention Jasmine Guillory. Um, she, I love all her books. Um, but the first one is The Wedding Date. So that's a fake relationship book. Um, and they ha- their meat cute's in an elevator, which, what's more <laughs> fun than a, a broken-down elevator? <laughs> so, um, for lighter things, um, Jennifer Kruse has stuff that's less steamy. Um, Bet Me is the really, like, well-known one. Um, Rainbow Rowell Ra- also has uh, a romance novel. It's an epistolary novel. And it's set during the lead-up to Y2K. (laughs) So, and it's, like, at a company where... So one of the protagonists is the IT guy there. And so you follow kind of that stuff. But basically, um, yeah, it's also an office romance then, too. But that one's really fun, and that one's also lighter. Um, Let's see. I do also really enjoy um, historical mystery romances. Mm -hmm. So these are sort of on the edge of being romance because the mystery is a very important part of the books mm-hmm. um but there's some romance so the bachelor girl's guide to murder by rachel mcmillan um that one's like a very kind of light um in terms of sexiness and um, that's um it's got a good mystery and stuff i enjoyed it it's it's really fun book and then let me see yeah. um murder at the brightwell by ashley weaver um, so that's also a thing where there's, it's a murder mystery book, and it's set in, uh, the 30s, I believe, and, um, that's one actually, um, which we didn't really talk about much, but, like, the character's already married at the beginning, but the mm. relationship's sort of on the rocks, mm. um, and they kind of, they're brought together by the murder, so. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I can keep. I can go on forever. I don't know. If, well, we're at fifty minutes, which is probably so, as maybe we as can as just as like, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So that's just some stuff to get you mm-hmm. started. Well, I
2: would <laughs> I would like to share the three things that my mom wanted to say about the romance world because mm-hmm. I asked her, sure. is there anything else you'd like to share? And the first thing she says, it needs more respect. It's assumed the writing's poor, probably because the genre is relegated to women and the majority of authors are women that bothers her (laughs) the second one is she likes to see more normal treatment or or marginalized populations in that those characters are not taken but have full not token but have full storylines and the third one the most important to me um and that men need to realize that this is a fun and exciting genre that they enjoyed too it's way different than the basic soppy love story that it's stereotyped to be. Mm. Daddy Weird Flower and mommy read, Mama Weird Flower read series together. That is romance, paranormal action horror. And he found it to be very engrossing. I'm pretty sure they're referencing True Blood. <laughs> <laughs> they read the whole series and they watched the entire show of True um. Blood and he was engrossed. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny.
4: Um... Okay, are there any final thoughts? Romance is fun. Try it. Check it out. I definitely yeah. feel excited to like go <laughs> read a bunch of romance now. Yeah.
2: If Daddy Weirdflower can like it, so can you. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>